Hi there, and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt, and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God, and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. Um, I, I want to open the word today in uh, a few areas, places, and um, uh, the first where we're going to go to is First uh, John, and we're going to discover some scripture around First John 3 and 4. If you remember last week, we spoke about um, the story of the prodigal son. Some translations say the, sto- the, uh, the lost son, and... Um, and a number of people gave me some really, really great feedback, and thank you for that, that some people had, had know, we know the story a lot of the time, we know stories in the Bible. Uh, some of us may have gone through Sunday school beforehand and, and heard and understood some of those stories. Um, but, but what I want to ask you is that as you read the Bible, have you ever stopped to... Uh, ask the Holy Spirit and ask God to really minister and speak to you because as we listen to those stories of the prodigal son or any of the parables that Jesus uh, was talking about is, is that there's this moment of, of truth and it's, like, it's almost like Jesus, when we open the word, Jesus sits down with us Jesus sits down with us and he begins to speak directly to our heart. And he begins to speak directly into situations in our life. And he speaks directly into uh, certain attitudes that we may hold that he may want to adjust. How many parents or grandparents have we got in the room, right? And online, you can stick your hand up virtually. Um, whenever there is a, a discussion that needs to be had with a with a child, um, sometimes sometimes it's a it's a short discussion, like they're about to run across the freeway blindfolded. It's a short discussion, isn't it? Stop. <laughs> There's virtually no discussion, but but. Whenever you sit down, uh, whenever you go to speak to a child or anybody for that matter that, that, that you love, you begin to form uh, how, how best to communicate so that the person you're speaking to receives it with the intention, with the love that you intend for them, correct? So, so, you know, I'll, I'll be honest and transparent. Sometimes Anna has said, Matthew, we need to talk. How many know when we need to talk? It kind of means, Matthew, you need to adjust something. 
And adjust may be a really, really nice word. But like there's this, we, we need to talk. I, I remember my parents sitting me down several times. Um, we need to talk. And, and, it, and the intention is always to bring life, correct? How many times do we open the Bible and we go, God, I'm going to sit me down and I'm going to listen talk because often and it's not a it's not a, 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 a not, it's not always a correcting thing it's not always a, a, an attitude adjustment or it's not always a discussion quite often when Jesus sits down with us we are changed because we've sat down with him right but when we open the word and when we open the Bible, and, and, and we read stories like The Lost Son that we may have heard a thousand times. Each and every single time, I believe God wants to minister to us again in a different way to bring life, to bring life for us. Amen? And one of the biggest feedbacks, feed, feedback uh, that I got from last week is is that people never really looked at the story of the lost son or the prodigal son, <clears throat> that the, the son and the brother always came to the father from the point of view of a servant rather than an heir, an heir to the throne, so to speak, with inheritance, with not just rights, with enormous amounts of responsibility. But what it was is that for us, what does it mean for us? For us, it actually starts to cultivate and shape our identity into who God sees us to be. Who God sees us to be. How many know that we really need to start seeing ourselves as God sees us? rather than how we see us, how the world sees us, or how others see us. Hello? And you see, as we start to see ourselves as God sees us, what actually happens is that we start to become like what he designed for us to become. And in turn, we start to reflect him back to him. And so this is what I'm wanting to talk about this morning and, and, uh, and essentially this is part two to last week's message, What's Love Got to Do With It? And it's about becoming an agent of love. And uh, what, I, what I really want to um, highlight are these things from last week, which is, uh, which is love empowers identity. We need to approach the Lord from that perspective that he loves us impeccably. He loves us impeccably. And, I, and whilst God is, yes, to be feared, whilst God is to be, we are to be in awe and reverence before him, uh, we know um, it's, like, it's like in the Old Testament, God, Yahweh Father, God said, said come on, 
Let us reason together. I mean, isn't that extraordinary? And Jesus hadn't even died yet and, and been raised to life. The Holy Spirit hadn't even been released upon each and every single person that believes at that point. And even then, God said, God said, I, I, to, and he said, come, let us reason together. What did Jesus do with almost every single person that he healed? That there was the moment of healing and then there was a moment of counselling, sometimes for a long period of time, sometimes for a short period of time. But there was a conversation. There was instructions after that. It was either go back to your family or go to the temple and show what God has done. Or There was always an instruction, go and sin no more. There was always an instruction that, that Jesus was building into that person because he was overbearing, because he was a tyrant, absolutely not. What it was was that he was wanting to see life change come into that person's heart. And you see, as life, life change happens, as impact happens within our lives, well, then our identity starts to be formed in a beautiful and more effective way. So love empowers identity, as we looked at last week. Identity leads to authority when we know who we are, we know whose we are and we know, uh, um, <coughs> we know the position that God has given us. The Bible says that we're seated in heavenly places. Amen. Who, 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 who's excited by that? I mean, just that alone is exciting to know, right? We're seated in heavenly places. Amen. Um, and then authority leads to personal victory. And where I want to start this morning is essentially in... The, uh, the, the position of how I see myself determines my decisions. Um, I remember one time uh, Anna and I took the kids up to um, the, the uh, I think it's called the Enchanted Garden or something like that, up at Arthur's Seat. It's this beautiful garden. There's some amazing mazes. Unintended, amazing mazes up there. Uh, there's some. There's just. A, it's a beautiful time. Anyway, one of the things that's there is this really big flying fox that goes from uh, the highest point and it goes down across over a big dam with a big fountain in the middle of it, and uh, and then it goes up onto the hill. And you know, you, you got to land well. Because if you don't land well, you'll hurt yourself. You know, it's, it goes quite quickly. And it's very high up. It's probably, I don't know, about 20 metres, 25 metres up. And, um, and, you know, we said to the kids, hey, you know, you want to go? You want to go across? I'm sure it'll be great and I'm sure it'll be fun. And, and you need to understand, Shyla's one of the personalities that, yeah, Dad, I'll do it. Absolutely. Let's do that. And uh, so, you know, and we said to Josh, Josh, do you want to do it? And uh, he said, yeah, 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 that, that'll be good. But there was always that little bit of hesitancy. Does that make sense? And um, anyway, I mean, he was much younger. Today, he'd be he'd jump right into it. But um, back, back then, several years ago, um, Shyla gets up and she goes across, having <laughs> screaming, yay! It wasn't screaming of fear or anything like that. She was just having a wonderful time as she was virtually flying through the sky. And then it was Josh's turn. Where's Josh? And, and you see, I mean, we're like the typical parents with cameras ready and, you know, where's Josh? Where's he gone? 
And then we see him right up at the very end. He's not going. He didn't want to go. It's too scary, right? For the rest of the day, he was flat. He was really flat. I think in some way maybe he thought he disappointed Anna and I, he disappointed himself, he didn't realise that, you know, it was, it was going to look that scary. His identity was changed because of what he believed about himself. And even if it was just for that day, even though he has two sets of parents, Shiloh was encouraging him, don't worry about it, Josh, next time. We'll be all right. And she was happy. She got to go twice. And so, you know, and, and, and for the rest of the day, it was, oh. Now, throw him on a roller coaster, anything that spins, anything that swings, he's in on it, right? But his identity for the rest of that day was impacted. And it wasn't just mood, it's how he saw himself. Even though, even though he's loved, even though he's got every other thing, you know, every other need provided for him. How often, how often do we not see ourselves, let me put it this way, how often do we make decisions based on a misperception about ourselves? And you see, the story of the lost son is about a father who said to the son, hey, you are not that person anymore. You are not that person anymore. In fact, you are a son of whom I am restoring everything to. And for the brother, the brother was, but dad, I've been serving you. You've never celebrated me like this. And yet the father's response was, son, all I, all I have is yours. It's already all yours. I think sometimes we need to understand that Father God has given us so much already. Father God has positioned us with great authority and we need to get with the program. Amen? How many times have I heard Jesus say, Matt, you need to get get with the program, sharpen up a bit. Amen? All right, so... I say all that because in 1 John chapter 3 is where we are going to. I'm going to skip through a few uh, Bible passages uh, in this now. Are you ready? So let's go from um, verse 28 of chapter 2. Are we good? And it says this. In verse 28, and now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. 
If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Verse 3. And everyone, who, who loves it so far? Like what a great declaration, right? And, 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 I, and I love the way John, you remember, you know, John was called John the Beloved, right? It was like he was Jesus' fancy favourite. Like John got to lay back on the chest of Jesus as they ate. Isn't that amazing? Right? So here is John, lovely, lovely John, right? And he's about to get serious. Is that cool? And I love it how at the very beginning... He starts to say, beloved, He's, you, see, you hear it, beloved, children. It's, it's like, it's like he's, he's older in age when he's writing this. He's, he's had enormous revelation. And here is John. It's like Papa, Papa John, Uncle John, you know, however you want to refer to him. And, he, and he's sitting down. And he's saying, children, listen. It's important that we come to the word as a child. Amen? He said, beloved, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us? What manner of love? It's, it's not a question. It's not a statement. It's like it's a, oh, it's a, I'm in awe. What manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we, we should be called children of God. Verse 3. And everyone who has this hope, and everyone who has this hope, everybody say this hope, in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Now, he if we were to, to put on, now when I use the term religious, I'm talking about religious requirement and law as opposed to relationship. How many know that God doesn't want us in a religion? He wants us in a relationship. Amen? Right. And so if we have, if we put, have a wearing some glasses and we see ourselves a little bit too much like a servant, then we would read that little passage of Scripture saying, yes, I'm a child, yes, I'm beloved, but I am to purify myself. How many know that it's Jesus that has purified us? It's the blood of the Lamb. The Bible describes Jesus as the Lamb slain before the foundation of the earth, right? So, so Father had a plan and he has a plan, right? And yet we come to this scripture here and, and he says, 
And everyone who has this hope in him, what hope? The hope that we are children of God, the hope that he is revealed in us. Wow, what a purpose. And you see, this is why I say that, that, that how I see myself determines the outcome and the decisions that I make, how I see myself. We have to see ourselves as children of God. We have to see ourselves as beloved, as loved beyond measure. But if we're not careful, we can think that, that firstly, either Jesus has purified us and therefore we can go on our merry way and live in whatever way that we like. Or we could think religiously and go, Jesus has purified us, but I must uh, uh, purify myself that I have to not wear that or do this or not go there or not eat that or not drink that or drink this only on that day or only eat this on that day. Does that make sense? Because some of us might think that that's going to make us more pure as stated here. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Hang on. It's interesting where John takes this scripture next. Are you ready? Are you ready? Whoever, whoever. Now, understand this. John is not talking just about children of God. He says, whoever, whoever, right? Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness and sin is lawlessness. Ouch. Hold on a second. Hold the horses here. If I look at my relationship with God with lenses of religion and religious requirement as opposed to love, how many could read that and go, how is that? How... How can I be saved? I remember going to Bible college and and walking away from some lectures, feeling like the worst person on the face of the earth. Am I? Is is God? Does God really love me? <laughs> Am I really saved? <laughs> and it causes this this self assessment and this self perception. It's when our self perception at, at how we see ourselves, and it starts to the decisions that we make. And you know what it also does? It affects how we see other people. Because if we see other people who we believe are living in sin, then if we're not careful, we will, look, we will not look at them through the eyes of love. And there is no redemption. 
in sin. There is only redemption through love. That's why John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. For God so loved the world. So am I talking about the issue of sin or am I talking about the issue of love? I'm talking about the issue of love, how we see ourselves and how we see others. All right. I will land this today. Are you ready? Verse 5. And you know, and you know that he was manifested to take away our sins and in him there is no sin. Phew. Okay. So whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness and sin is lawlessness. And you know, how many know that verse 5 doesn't do away with verse 4? Because the Bible says we've all sinned. In other words, we've all missed the mark. All of us, right? It's actually interesting that even in um, James chapter 4, don't go there right now, just stay in John. James chapter 4 verse 17 says this. Um, He's talking about people who know to do something good but don't do it, right? Um, and, and that's and that's anything. Like it could be, <laughs> it could be anything from dieting to you know feeding somebody, whatever. But it says there, James chapter four verse seventeen. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is a sin. Can I just say, sin is like it's tricky. How do we stay away from it? Well, I've got good news. You ready? Verse 6, whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Whoa. I'm sure you thought you came to church today not to focus on sin. But this is what the scripture says. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might what? He might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not Sin. Now, too many of us, we stop there and we don't read on. Because if we're not careful again, and I'll say it again, if we're not careful, we will see ourselves as sinners and therefore relegated to servants. Whereas... What John is describing here is wonderful news. Because what he's saying is that we are no longer characterized by sin. 
Yes, from time to time, we miss the mark. But no longer are we identified and uh, uh, no longer do we wear the uniform called sin. No longer do we wear the name badge called Matthew Sinner. Now we wear the name badge Matthew Son. Why? Because it says this, verse 9, the second half. Um, For his seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. All right. So I had an expectation that Josh was going to go on that flying fox. When he chose not to go on that flying fox, did he stop being my son? Friends, I have sinned. Does that mean that I have stopped being a son of God? No. What it means is that Jesus has redeemed me from that and because of his redemption, what happens is I am now living as best as I can. I'm no longer characterised by sin and sin does not drive me to do and, and be and live the life that I used to live. And friends, that is the difference because his seed remains in me. That means no matter what I do, no matter where I go, what happens is I am being forever transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. I am forever being transformed into the likeness of him because his seed is in me. His seed is in you. And you are no longer identified through sin. You are no longer identified through the things that you used to do and used to be. You are now characterized and identified because God's seed lives in you. That is why we can go back to verse um, to verse uh, 28 of chapter 2 and the beginning of 3 and read it all through to verse 9 and go, now I'm getting it. Because, because, because his seed is in me, my life is no longer um, uh, identified by sin, but it's now my life is in Christ and, my, and I am now identified in Christ and through Christ and because of that, I don't particularly want to sin anymore. Life is no longer characterized by that. In fact, each and every single day, the Bible says his mercies are new every morning. Each and every single day, I can come into that place. You can come into that place here of yesterday is gone. God, for wherever I've fallen short, Lord, forgive me. But today is a brand new day and today I want to live for your glory. And today my decisions are going to be based on my sonship and my daughtership, not based on the fact that I sinned. And what happens is life change takes place. 
And what happens is we start to make better decisions and we actually start to live this. Verse 7, he who practices righteousness is righteous. And our life is filled with righteous decisions, righteous decisions. And what happens is the more people making righteous decisions are reflecting God here on earth, And as those righteous decisions are made, community transformation starts to take place. So, friends, please, no longer look at yourself as servants of God. Serving, yes, is something that we do. Do we long to please him? Yes, absolutely. Friends, no longer... Are we defined by sin to be a servant? We are defined through the power of his seed in our life. Amen? Verse 16, chapter 3. By this... We know love because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren, for each other, laying down our lives. Friends, you know, often in our community, look, there's a lot of good people, but there's a lot of people who are living for themselves. But do you know what I'm seeing more and more? There is a generation that's coming through at the moment that is recognising the power of not just, not just what, what, what we would call social change and social initiatives. What it is is starting to understand the impact that an individual can make on others' lives to further and develop those other people. It's called... Um, crowdfunding. Do you understand what that is? So people put, put, put an idea out, you know, generally speaking, it's not, hey, I have an idea, I'd like to buy a Ferrari, let's have everybody fund that. It's not like that. What it is, it, it's, it's like, hey, we need a, you know, community bus or a community playground or something like that. And, and people put out these great initiatives, community initiatives, and, there's, and then there's others in the community that goes, you know what, I think that's a really great idea. I'm going to give towards that. And it's called crowdfunding. What it is is there is a generation coming through at the moment that this generation is starting to realise that the, the society and social change comes from many people contributing. In other words, they're they're denying themselves and laying down their lives for the furtherment of the community. There's hundreds of people in the city of Manningham that volunteer through volunteer networks and, 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 you know, whether it's Eastern volunteers, right, right through. They're laying down mentoring programs. They're laying down their life, giving of their time to see change, positive change in somebody else's life. And this is the outworking of love. By this we know love because he laid down his life for us 
And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Verse 17. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. By this, we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows all things. Very interesting, that statement, isn't it? For if our heart condemns us. In other words, how I see myself determines the decisions that I make. Often our hearts condemn us. But I love what John said. Look, even when that does happen, even when you feel a bit low, even when you feel a bit down, even when you feel like you really have missed the mark, even though you feel that you haven't practised righteousness and there has been lawlessness in your life, don't worry. God is greater than our heart. How good is that? He's good. He's just greater. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him. Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. That element of serving. And this is his commandment, verse 23, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us, as he gave us commandment. We should love one another. Verse 24, now he who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he, and he Jesus, in him, in us. By this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Next week I want to show you how love runs out fear. We're talking about becoming an agent of love. We're talking about seeing, believing with a fresh heart, with a fresh pair of lenses, that as we understand and as we outwork love through our life, we actually run fear not only out of our own life and out of our own thinking, but out of the community. What overcame Josh's disappointment that he didn't take that leap of faith. Love. Love. There was this moment and this time I sat Josh down. I said, this does not define you. We will come back and you'll have another shot at it. And as a result, 
can't keep him off these things. Is that self-perception. His, his self-perception changed. His personal belief, believe, belief within himself. So friends, I want to encourage you, believe in God, yes, but also believe in yourself. See yourself as a son. See yourself as a daughter. Why? Because you're loved. And you are loved so that your life enacts righteousness here on earth. Great choices. Seeing others the way God sees them. I'm going to invite you to stand. We're going to pray together. I just want to give the Holy Spirit just a moment, and if you're watching online, just to open your heart and and just um, tune in to what the Holy Spirit wants to do this morning. I just get a sense even now that that the Holy Spirit is like it's not it's not it's not even like a heart transplant. It's like a it's, there's like a, a rewiring. But so often we can just allow the things of life you know, we can sometimes call it even wisdom and and no, I tried that, didn't work, or I'll never do that again, or I'll never love like that again. Or that element of self-preservation. I just, I just get a sense right now that the Holy Spirit just wants to rewire our heart and rewire it in such a way to love in the way that he loves, to see in the way that he sees. to make those choices he would make. And in doing so, see life transformation. Can we pray together? Holy Spirit, we just welcome you right now. And Holy Spirit, I just ask, Lord, that you would, you would just move, move upon our heart, move upon our life. Lord, let there be a rewiring Jesus, we thank you that you've done away with our sin. Jesus, forgive us for where we've maybe, where we haven't leapt, taken that leap of faith. Forgive us for even moments of maybe, maybe we've leapt too soon. Jesus, I thank you that you are forever at work in our heart and our life. Jesus, I thank you that you 
truly have done away with our sin. You empower us. You empower us to live righteously. That we are no longer condemned. You have positioned us in life. You've positioned us not only to live, but have life. The Lord help us step into that abundance of life. Help us reflect you here on earth. Holy Spirit, just release fresh wind on our life and blow over us. Let there be a fresh filling who you are. We might know who's we. Thank you, Jesus for your love here today. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and his presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your saviour, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website, manninghamcc.org, and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details, and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected? We all need some good news, and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.